Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. Today it is episode eight of season three. Are those jingle bells? Yeah, it's the Christmas episode. It's May. But it's the Christmas episode. The original episode was on TV in April. But it's the Christmas episode. But, uh, you know, never mind. It's episode eight of season three of Transformers Animated. It is Human Error, part one. This episode was written by Henry Gilroy, who also wrote Sound and Fury, so I don't know what to expect. But the last (laughs) time on Transformers Animated, Black Arachnia turned Wasp into a techno-organic, and we witnessed the rise of the... And in this episode, yeah, it's Christmas time. Yep, it's guess. Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Oh, wait, wrong city. But uh, Optimus is still out on patrol while everyone else is back at the plant decorating the tree. And uh, the reason he's not coming home yet is because all the stores are selling Soundwave toys, which are being made by Porter C. Powell. Yeah, there's like a giant commercial com- or a commercial comes on a giant jumbotron. And then somehow, yeah, he, he okay, he's making a uh, little action figure Soundwaves, but... Somehow, some deck calls into a commercial, <laughs> whatever, and he's like, "How dare you steal those from me?" And Pell's like, "I got the rights." And oh boy! And then some deck's like, "How does he sell them for nineteen ninety five? Yeah, how does he do it?" But yeah, Bulkhead uh, gets on the phone with Optimus. He tells him, "You know, the real sound wave was bashed apart. Remember? Like, don't worry about these things." And besides, Sari is making oil nog, <laughs> which she is. She's mixing a big vat of oil and I don't know, pouring rum in it. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, Optimus then he starts seeing these toy sound waves run around. He, he chases them for a bit. Who knows where they're going? But he also almost gets his head clipped off by a train. <laughs> and then he thinks, okay, maybe I need to go home. Yep. And back at the plant, they've got the fireplace going on the TV. And Sari tells them to put those presents down because Santa will know if you peek and help me decorate the tree. And they just got it covered in like stolen road signs. Yeah. I do like the Autobots. Uh, approach on christmas and this like i've said before this show does it well where they're trying to figure out human culture b and bulkhead are like talking about well we could just use the x-ray specs of this thing to look in the presence we don't have to shake them (laughs) and then ratchet and prowl come in and they're having a debate on the existence of santa claus and the plausibility yep ratchet doesn't think there's any way he could deliver billions of toys in one night and prowl's (laughs) like well maybe he does it with holograms and optimus is like you know he makes a good point i did see a lot of santas out tonight (laughs) yeah Yeah, optimus is right they they, uh anyway then then sorry uh, gives a toast. They have a toast to family. They all chug their oil nog. And right away, like these motherfuckers have never heard of roofies, they all get tired. Oh, oh, we forgot to mention, there's a little sound wave toy that gets out of its present as if this was Powell's plan. I don't, this is kind of the yeah, weak part. They don't really explain where this came from, though. No. But it zaps the oil nog when nobody's looking. And anyway, they drink the oil nog and they all get woozy. Yep, I guess the sound wave slipped the liquor in it or something. So they're off to bed and Sari's going to stay up and wait for Santa, even though she's a teenager now and should know better but but, but chronologically yeah, Opti- she's probably still like what seven or eight oh, she's yeah, just both. like emotionally become a, a teenage so yeah that kid's a fucking mess <laughs> but optimus lies down on his bed and his eyes close and commercial break i thought yeah, it's kind of early for that like, yeah 
anyway, he wakes up uh, and he's human. Uh, he kind of falls out of his bed because it's so big now. But also, Bee and Bulk and Ratchet are human. Mm-hmm. And Optimus thinks there must be an explanation for this. So they go to the lab with has equipment suddenly sized for humans now. And oh, sure, sure. There is no rational explanation, Ratchet tells <laughs> yeah. them. And also, where the hell's Prowl? He's not in his room. <laughs> I do like that they all think they're hideous. Yes. Uh, Prowl is outside, uh, just, you know, catching snowflakes. Of course, he's loving it. And he looks like his hologram, which is kind of perfect. His version of Sadie, I call it, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the others come running outside, and Bulkhead immediately slips on the ice because these servos, oh, no, no, I guess they're called legs, don't have anti-lock brakes, I think he said. Probably is the first uh, seeds of doubt where he's like, I've always wanted to experience this. I've always, you know, and it seems like I'm human, but it doesn't feel right. Something's not right. Uh, and then we have some, some yucks here where Optimus realizes, you know, we... The only answers we're going to get are probably at some DAC towers. So Autobots, oh, no, I mean, Auto Men, uh, roll out. Oh, no, uh, let's just go. <laughs> yeah, they're just going to walk. They head for some DAC tower with no winter clothes in Detroit in December. <laughs> and uh, at some DAC tower, Sari opens her present. I guess it's Christmas morning, and it's Soundwave. Like, it's the Troy Soundwave that was uh, on TV. Now, now, we, okay, Paul, you, you and I, we, we know. You and I, we know. We know. Some DAC's a fucking idiot. <laughs> But every once in a while, it still surprises me. This guy, three minutes ago in this show, was calling into Powell saying, how dare you? And now, sorry, even points it out, he's putting money into Powell's pocket. How did he get the thing that quickly? Also, like, he just watched the thing last night, but he tells her, oh, don't worry, this isn't the same as that sound wave I made out of or Megatron made that tried to kill you. This is just some piece of shit made in China. (laughs) Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, side note here, dear listener. Don't, don't buy made in China. Don't buy. Try to buy made in your own country. And now, if you're listening to us in China, uh, first off, I don't know how that's possible. But if you are, you know, buy made in China. But yeah, if you're not living in China. Support don't buy local. Made in China. Yay! There you go. Where you are. Anyway, uh, he also gives her a scooter that she's like, eh, and then it turns <laughs> into a jetpack, and both she and I were like, hey. <laughs> yep. But uh, wouldn't you have fucking laughed though if she opened it and it was "Welcome Back, Cotterbot." Oh, that would have been great. Give him a second chance. And also notice how Dr. Sumdak has a telescope in the window, but it's pointed down at the city instead of up at the sky. Like, this guy's a total peeping Tom. <laughs> I, I did not, but that does not surprise me at all. Uh, so we go back to the Autobots, who, as you predicted, Paul, are freezing their asses off in winter in Detroit. They are cold, they're wet, and they're hungry. Yep. So they're uh, going to get some human fuel, I guess. They head to BurgerBot, and nice to see they got the place fixed back up. And I guess these guys have money because sure. they get something to eat. Yeah. Uh, Bulk is loving it. Uh, Prowl, of course, he ordered vegetarian. But the other three are kind of a little unsure. And then Bulkhead gets indigestion and runs off to the bathroom. <laughs> and they have a little bit of conversation. Prowl's thankful that I'm alive on any level. I, I get it. It's a Christmas episode. But then... Bulk comes out and he's totally fine, even though he just shit for the first time in his multi-million year life. He has no more questions. Yeah, none at all. He's not. I'd be freaked the fuck out. I've shit many times and I would be freaked the fuck out in his situation. Wasn't there an episode of The Next Generation where uh, Q mentioned something about that, about what happened after he ate something? I did not remember that one. Anyway, uh, the Decepticons attack and uh, maybe commercial break again. Yep, I think so. And when we come back, the missiles hit. And notice how the Decepticon missiles have like shark faces on them. They look like uh, bombs or bullet bills. From yes, that Super too. Mario. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. This is where the first thought was like something's off. They're being led by Starscream, 
who has his body on his head. Yeah, he's back in one piece, and Blitzwing and Lugnut are with them, and they're somehow not on the elite guard. Yeah, and so it was like Strike and Spidor. Yeah, this was the first moment where I was like, okay, something's not right. I I was assuming alternate reality. Anyway, uh, the Decepticons just start laying waste to the city, and the Autobots realize they can't fight back, but... They can help. Yep. They hear a woman yelling for help inside a nearby burning building because of the fires. And they run in. And now that they know a fire hose doesn't shoot fire, but water, they use that (laughs) to douse it. And they start taking her outside. But only after she hears her son calling for help does she tell them, oh, yeah, my son is upstairs. Like, oh, I forgot I had a kid. Might have have led with that. Yeah. So um, they they get her out and Prowl runs up the stairs to get the kid. Uh, And then he so he finds this kid up in the top floor grabs him and as the place starts to collapse he jumps out the window flies like 30 feet in the air and then falls four or five stories and lands perfectly yep without breaking his legs and bulkhead's like man how the hell did you do that and he doesn't know but then right away starscream lands in front of them and we cut away from that to sorry who arrives at optimus hq looking for everybody because it's christmas morning i guess and nobody answers the door yeah she's like come on you can't still be hung over so she <laughs> flies up to an open window and because she's got her jetpack with her and she thinks they're hiding on her so she just scans for their energy signatures with her computer and they're coming from inside the house yeah they're like right there in front of her but the autobots are not in front of her so we go back to the autobots in their human form and they try to attack starscream who really just swats them away like flies i love how bulkhead just runs up and punches them in the shin but the sound it makes like he just broke every bone in his hand he's like ah <laughs> and then he actually breaks optimus's leg yeah he just backhands him into a wall and he's like uh, guys i think my leg is broken <laughs> he's pretty chill about it but at this point starscream recognizes you know because they're calling each other by name and their voices and he's like oh my god you're humans now it's going to be so easy to crush you but since he can't can't tell one human apart from another they managed to escape yeah, yeah. Can, can we acknowledge that starscream basically said on camera you all look alike to me <laughs> well i guess i mean if you're looking at an anthill i mean he decepticon would look at humans in the same way we would look at an ant right i mean all look kind of the same paul you you enabler <laughs> but starscream flies off and back with the autobots the Real paramedics are here. They put Optimus's leg in a splint, and Bulkhead has the his hand all heroes. taped up. Yeah. And uh, Optimus says, we need to get to Sumdak Tower, because he has technology we can use to fight the Decepticons. And they take the bus. <laughs> and they let Optimus on with his axe. He's noticed that. <laughs> it's like fucking the Dave Foley bit of kids in the hall. He just shows up with the axe, and he's covered in blood, and he just wants to do some banal shit, like change a $2 bill. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, anyway, sorry, back at Optimus HQ, uh, she's still hiding because I guess she was trying to hide to surprise the Autobots, but she's still hiding when, it's not named, but, you know, a robotic bird that's black and red flies down out of the vents and starts swooping through uh, Optimus HQ, but is followed by a bunch of sound wave toys. Yep, yeah, but she just basically hadoukens those and takes the elevator they came up back down because there's an elevator here and thanks for telling me and then the autobots get off the bus and just oh my god it's cybertron commercial break (laughs) yeah and it's the scene in independence day where the ship blasts the white house and and when we come back prime calls it a full-scale decepticon invasion and 
now Megatron is here and we get the really long, super detailed, like Sailor Moon transformation out of him. Like he even poses at the end. Like it's the same with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was just a reuse of the initial, like the very first transformation of his we saw. But solid writing here because at this point I said, okay, there's no way this is real. This is too over the top. And Prowl and Optimus are like, wait, there's no way this is real. This is too over the top. <laughs> yeah, because Megatron's like, oh, I'm the ruler of Cybertron now, and I just came back to Earth to exterminate all organic life. And Starscream, who's also with Megatron rather than fighting him, yeah. wants to start with the Autobots. And Blitz, Blitzwing's like, yeah, but why would they choose to become human? Ah, fuck it, let's squish him. But Megatron's like, no, 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 no. I want to save them for last so they can watch their adopt planet perish basically this is actually kind of funny uh he goes to pick up prowl megatron that is and prowl just like pops his arm open jumps up in the air and judo chop slices megatron's arm off yeah that's like the second time he's cut megatron's arm off with that move remember in the very first episode he did that yeah but uh, blitzwing goes to try and stomp him but bulkhead just tackles his way straight through Blitzwing's leg and he's like crazy faces looking down going, ooh look I've got a hole in my foot or something. <laughs> and B runs up like just starts like using his head like a speed bag and actually knocking oh, the spinny yeah. face back just and forth. That's funny. Feeding the punches and the faces are just spinning. Yeah. Uh, and, and now Prowl can use holograms. Yep. And he used, possesses Starscream it looked like. Yeah. I, I, I guess so. And then this was kind of dumb, but it, beautiful visually. Optimus beats Megatron with his own arm. <laughs> Except he's using the fist end. He should have used the wet ends. But uh, Megatron points the, the gun at him like he's had enough. But just as he fires, Optimus throws the Zax into the barrel and kaboom. And when the smoke clears, the Decepticons and Cybertron are gone. And this is when Prowl puts it together and realizes they're in the Matrix. Yeah, like our minds are here, but our bodies aren't, and we're in some kind of virtual reality. And back at the base, Sari's still taking the elevator down to the basement they never told her about. And she comes to a lab with the Autobots are on tables, and at the controls is Soundwave. And because Soundwave talks to himself constantly, she very quickly finds out that he's reprogramming them through the simulation, all of the Autobots. And back in the simulation, Prowl insists that believing a thing will make it so. He, he is, he's assuming a lot here, mm. but he, Optimus agrees with it, and he orders everybody to transform, and they all do into their robot mode. Except for Bulkhead, because he is Beast Machine's rat trap. Doesn't work for him, but yes. Bumblebee tells him to make the transforming noise with his mouth while he does it. <laughs> I, I laughed out loud. So he gives it a try and yeah, what do you know it works <laughs> yeah it works for me yeah <laughs> it does work that was that was hilarious that got like laugh out loud hilarious uh so they're all robot size now and they realize okay we're gonna now we're gonna try to will ourselves free of the simulation and boom giant sound wave just bursts through the ground yeah and back in the real world sari is about to let sound wave have it but laser beak startles her All right, fellas, uh, got two Transformers for you today, uh, Bat, Rat, Bat, and a Laser Beak. So rant, the wall, rant! Wall. The old trapped him in the simulation to do terrible things to the real body's bed, is it? All right, fine, it makes more sense than physically putting their consciousnesses into real human bodies like they did in Only Human in G1. Well, 
a bit more sense, but if that's the goal, to keep them occupied in a simulation while you get to work on the bodies, why would you make it so full of ridiculous shit that they'd start to question it? Didn't you play Saints Row 4, Soundwave? After he slides down the banister and eats his pancakes, it takes the president less than two minutes to realize something's not right and starts fighting his way out. Why not have them seem to wake up on Christmas morning, open their presents, have Sari come by, stuff some breadcrumbs up a dead bird's ass and fire it in the oven, otherwise make it a normal day? Like, don't turn them into humans and put things in question, like Decepticons they know to be transwarping randomly all over the galaxy. But that's just it. They didn't question it. Not until the end. Like, all we needed was, oh, I thought we were rid of these guys, but I guess not, and move on from there. Like, at least acknowledge it. And then Cybertron appearing in Earth's atmosphere? They didn't even question that. It's like, oh, there's Cybertron. Like, never mind how they got it there. It's physically impossible to bring two objects, the mass of Cybertron and the Earth, that close to... Here we are at the end of another episode of Tefimpis Human Error Part The One. Paul, what did you think? Uh, it wasn't a bad episode, but it, you kind of catch on really early, way before these guys ever do that. Okay, it's the it's all a dream episode or alternate reality kind of thing, which I mean, every show has one, but it was just their turn, I guess. But I'm never a huge fan of those. Uh, not a bad episode, though. Yeah, it's 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 decent. Uh, they did approach it logically. I mean, you can either have them figure it out just after the first commercial break or just after the second. It needs to be that big reveal. They chose the second. At least they weren't stupid about it. Mm. And I'm also still not a fan of this version of Soundwave, but the <laughs> whole instead of cassettes, they're guitars and guitars that's that was that was kind of neat i got yeah especially it was the very, guitar at the very end <laughs> yeah it was it was a compliment to his character i quite like that um and yeah this we we didn't mention it because uh the lefty showed up but this is a to be continued and he's going to turn them into decepticons and i'm sure that'll work <laughs> uh but we will find out next time in human error part two if you need to see us before then you can find us on twitter i'm at john soby paul is at p mcpherson one yeah and i'm not sure if pseudo echo are on there that's the most iconic use of a guitar i can think of but uh, you can have a look and uh, make sure you rate and review us in your podcast app whatever it is you listen to us with whatever you listen to uh, cover versions of uh, lip sync with and uh, tell your friends tell everybody you know you can tell them that they can find old episodes of the transformers nitpickers podcast show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com and until the next episode keep on transforming see you later This is just some piece of shit made in China.